There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, thank you for tuning into the podcast for this Wednesday edition of the podcast. We rejoice in the goodness of the Lord today, and here in Southern Pennsylvania, we're having beautiful weather. We certainly are thankful for that. I've uh, been outside most of the day, had to come in uh, late and record the podcast, and so we're certainly thankful for Job, and we'll be looking at Job chapter 12 again today, but a reminder to those of you that might be in the Washington, D.C. area, we will be down at Waldorf, Maryland, the Bible Baptist Church. We'll be there, Lord willing, on Sunday morning, Sunday night as well at 6 p.m., and so if you're in the area, look us up. Be glad to see you. Uh, just pray for the services. Pray the Lord will help us there. And uh, pray for the upcoming services we have as we begin to go up north to Pennsylvania, then head to Maine, Vermont, some places like that. And just pray for the McVeigh family if you think of us. And pray that the Lord will just open up doors for us as he sees fit to open up. And we don't want to try to kick doors open ourselves. We were busier last year than we've ever been. We started off this year pretty busy, but we're kind of slow right now. Uh, but slow in evangelism means you're not preaching out much. But in life, we're still pretty busy raising a family, taking care of the house, the things around the house, uh, getting the house ready for summer, and uh, trying to find people to mow when we're gone, things like that. And so uh, we are certainly are thankful for the opportunity we've had to be home, get caught up on a few things. And so pray for the McVeighs. We pray for you. And as we say so often on the podcast, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. I'd love for folks to give us a call. Verse 11 of Job chapter 12, it says, Doth not the ear try words, and the mouth taste his meat? And again, the answer is yes. And so he's asking questions that have an answer. We know that. We see that all through Scripture, by the way. Uh, we see that all through the book of Isaiah, especially in prophecy. We see that several places in Jeremiah, Ezekiel. Uh, we see questions being asked that are answered. And we see it oftentimes because it is God proving himself. These men are speaking by the Word of God, speaking by the Holy Ghost. And God is proving himself. He's proving the things that he's already spoken. And so he says in verse 12, the ancient is wisdom and length of days understanding with him is wisdom and strength. He hath counsel and understanding. And then in verse 14, he says, behold, he breaketh down and it cannot be built again. He shutteth up a man and there can be no opening. And so that's what the Lord is known for. What the Lord destroys, it's gone forever. Uh, what the Lord establishes, it's there until he sees fit to remove it. But yet, when God destroys something, and the evidence of that was in Jeremiah, I was just reading out the other day, uh, he forsook the tabernacle that he had placed in Shiloh. And it's an odd thing in our thinking, an odd thing in our reasoning, God had established that tabernacle, but then God also forsook that tabernacle. And God can do that. And what God hath broken down, uh, he cannot be built up again. Why? Because God broke it down. 
one of my pet verses, one of my pet doctrines, if you will, uh, in Ezekiel 12, and I've preached it many, many times, it's the verse that God gave me really going into evangelism uh, back over 16 years ago. And the verse is, deals with the matter of these little professions of faith that people have. And somebody pats them on the head, promises them eternal life, and tells them they're going to be okay. And they live their rest, of their rest of their life, no peace, no joy, no rest, no holiness, no godliness, no contentment. And yet they call themselves saved because somebody has promised them life. Well, in that same chapter of Ezekiel, we also see where the prophet speaks of God exposing the foundations. That stormy wind comes and rends and tears down and God destroys and God tears. So God has a purpose many times of why he tears down. We saw him tear down the groves that the, that the, the Baalites had worshipped and the, the Baalites had built up. And God destroyed them, and God utterly consumed them. Why? Because he hated their work. He hated their labor. He hated what they did. They were against him. And so we see many reasons why God destroys, but what he says here is what God destroyeth cannot be built again. He shutteth up a man, and there can be no opening. And so if God shutteth up a man, that man is not going to be opened. And it's amazing how, you know, so many people today have taught this doctrine that you got to ask Jesus in your heart. And, of course, they use, I behold, I stand at the door and knock. And, and if any man will open the door, and they'll use that of inviting Jesus into your heart. And they'll say, that's the door of your heart. But the reality is, is that door, and there's many pictures, many types, we can wrestle and wrangle over those things. But it's more than just the heart. It is your life. It's the door of your thinking. It's the door that enters into your mind. It's the door that enters into your life. It's everything about you. When you open that door to let him come in, it's more than just affecting your heart. It's affecting your entire life. It's affecting your entire body. And so there can be no opening unless Jesus Christ opens that door. Behold, he withholdeth the waters and they dry up. Also, he sendeth them out and they overturn the earth. That's God. He can hold the waters. He can turn the waters. I Marvel at the, the California drought, and those of you that maybe live in California, you understand the drought and the severity. And, you know, they're, they're crying, chicken little, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, and they're putting black plastic balls in reservoirs trying to conserve water, and they're doing all of these things. And now all they needed was a good snowfall. And, and they said it would take 30 years to fill these reservoirs, and God filled them in three weeks. God filled them to overflowing in three weeks. And now they're crying the calamity and the floods. I remember years ago, the state of, of Georgia, uh, Governor Purdue had called for, for a state prayer, statewide prayer because of the drought. And it wasn't too much later, I saw on the news that the amusement park there, Six Flags outside of Atlanta, was underwater. And yet I didn't see them go back to the state house and have a vigil of Thanksgiving. I didn't see them go and thank the great God of heaven when they did pray and ask for rain. I didn't see them go thank him for pouring out the rain. And Californians, I doubt, for the most part, they're probably not real thankful for the rain. But i tell you who is one, one I read about just the other day that's very thankful to the gold prospectors. What the rain has done is it's brought land down and brought earth down and brought rocks down and brought silt down the rivers that had been buried in the mountainsides for years. They haven't had rains like this in over 100 years, they claim. And now all this gold is washing down into the river. So people are clamoring again. They're hoping for another gold rush. They're panning. They're sluicing. They're excited, especially the Fraser River, places like that. Water is just abundant in those rivers, and gold is just pouring into those rivers. And who knows the working of God? Who knows the mind of God in these things? Who knows why there's drought? Who knows why there's rain? Who knows why God does what he does? But can I say, 
For the saved, there's blessings on either side of it. For those that know God, there's a blessing on either side. Looked at one of the arguments that's been made before our Congress is over this matter of water rationing. It goes back into the late 1800s. And I remember reading the Ralph Moody books when I was a boy and how the, the water fights, the water wars, the ranchers would bust up their gates up the sluiceway and, and up the irrigation ditches and they'd steal more water for their crops. And the, the little man down at the end of the line wouldn't have any water. They'd go up there and he'd shoot a guy over water. And that's kind of where we are back in America today. They're arguing over water, fighting over water. One of the greatest commodities in, in any foreign nation, any third world country, is clean water. It's a great commodity. It's a wonderful thing to have clean water. There are nations that have no water. There are nations that they have to dig wells, and they might dig 30, 40 wells before they find some semblance of water. And so it's a blessing from God, and God knows these things, and God does these things. And he sends out the rains. He dries up the rains. They overturn the earth. With him is strength and wisdom. The deceived and the deceiver are his. So it's so in both sides of God. Again, God can work through all of this. God can work in both sides of this. God can, can deal with the heart. God cannot deal with the heart. God can affect the mind. He cannot affect the mind. God does these things for his purpose that he's purposed upon the earth. And we cannot comprehend that. We don't have the ability to understand that. He leadeth counselors away spoiled and maketh the judges fools. Why? Because he's the great God of heaven. And the judges oftentimes, and it's not, don't think of it in the sense of a U.S. judge, a guy in a black robe sitting there. Uh, but think about it in Job's day, the judges. He makes them look foolish. Why? Because they don't believe the word of God. They're judging according to their wisdom, and according to their knowledge, but not according to God's ways. He looseth the bonds of kings and girdeth their loins with a girdle. He leadeth princes away spoiled and overthroweth the mighty. Now, it's interesting because they look at the verse 18. I would not have had light on this, but Sunday morning, Pastor Black preached on girding up your loins, the girding of your loins. And one of the things that he proved from the word of God is most of the times when a man is gird up his loins, he is going to be laboring. But so many times in scripture, he was going to gird up his loins for a journey. He was going to be laboring to take a journey. So it's interesting that he said in verse 18, he looseth the bonds of kings and girdeth their loins with a girdle. And so he puts kings in places and he also binds them up with a girdle and sends them down the road. Why? Because he's God. He can do as he pleases. He leadeth princes away spoiled and overthroweth the mighty. That's the great God of heaven. Who knows his mind? Who knows his thinking? We have the mind of Christ. That's why we have any discernment, if we have any discernment, is because of that mind, which is in Jesus Christ, which is also in us. He removeth away the speech of the trusty and taketh away the understanding of the aged. God does that. God removes the understanding of the aged. And that's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to understand, to comprehend. We all know we're going to die. We all realize we're coming to the end of our life. We all know that one of these days, our eyes are going to close. That silver cord is going to break. We're going to close our eyes in death. We all understand that. But he also says that God removes the understanding of the age. And I remember the open scripture when Barzillai came to David. And he told him, he said, my tongue cannot taste perverse things, amongst other things. He said, I cannot hear the singing of the children. Why? His ears had grown dim, his eyes he could not see, could not taste. He was losing his understanding, yet David blessed him abundantly. 
That's why we honor the hoary head. That's why we don't honor their works and their labors they're doing today. Because when the man loses understanding, when a woman loses understanding, we honor the hoary head because of what they were, because of what they've been, because God removes understanding from the aged. And again, that's the mind of God. He pours contempt upon princes and weakeneth the strength of the mighty. He discovereth deep things out of darkness and bringeth out to light the shadow of death. That's Jesus Christ. That's that picture. That's that type. We see that there. And he discovereth deep things out of darkness. Why? Deep calleth unto deepeth. We learn that in the Psalms. And bringeth out to light the shadow of death. Why? I will walk before God in the land of the living. I will before God in the light of the living. Two phrases used many times in Psalms. He increaseth the nations and destroyeth them. He enlargeth the nations and straighteneth them again. That's the Lord. That's the Lord's doing. Can God turn the nation of the United States back around? If he chooses to, he could. I believe that he'd have to go against his word to do it in the condition it's in. Unless the nation would truly repent, we would have to be like Nineveh and fall on our faces in repentance. But I, don't, I believe that God can do as he sees. God can still give us the liberty we have, and he has given us that liberty. Every day, I thank you for that liberty we have to assemble, to worship, to praise him, to hold a King James Bible in our hands, how we bless his name for that. He taketh away the heart of the chief of the people of the earth and causeth them to wander in a wilderness where there is no way. And that's one of the things we see all through Scripture. When he talks about that wilderness, there's a wandering so many times in the wilderness. There's pictures there of lost men. There's pictures there of wayward men. There's pictures there of those that go out in the wilderness and wander. Jesus Christ himself went to the wilderness. John the Baptist went to the wilderness. Moses went to the wilderness. And it was the doing of the Lord. The Lord does that. He causeth them to wander in a wilderness where there is no way. Now, we could say that's messianic there because you could apply that to Jesus Christ. He taketh away the heart of the chief of the people of the earth and causeth them to wander in a wilderness where there is no way. We saw that in Moses, certainly. We saw that in the children of Israel as they wandered in the wilderness. So again, Job is prophesying. Job is speaking of those things which are to come. They grope in the dark without light, and he maketh them to stagger like a drunken man. Again, the doings of the Lord. And Job begins to show us more about the Lord than what's been revealed so far in the book of Job. Job still has great understanding. And I know men by this point have condemned Job and condemned his self-righteousness, but all he's doing is explaining the righteousness of God. All he's doing, that's with his walk with God, he's found out these things. He has seen, it's just like Solomon had that great wisdom. We see that in Solomon's writings. We see wisdom beyond the pale, beyond the norm. Why? Because he's looking at what God has done. He's looking at what God can do. He's looking at the wondrous works of God based on his walk with God and the things he's observed with God. In true holiness, we perceive these things. And so as we look again tomorrow, beginning Job chapter 13, we'll see a little bit more prophecy. Job, that great prophet of God, begins to speak more of Jesus Christ. But today, it's still just the understanding of the Almighty. And what an understanding that is. Thanks for tuning in. Lord willing, we'll be back here tomorrow. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. 
You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption called night. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing.